Welcome everyone to the Mocha Live podcast. Uh, if you like chaotic energy, you are going to love this episode. And that's not only because our two guests, Julian Brangold and Frenetic Void, both prolific artists from Argentina and members of the CryptoArg Collective, kept changing their backgrounds and avatars throughout the live stream, which you will hear us comment on a lot, but because the topic we have before us today is inherently an unruly one. So a little context for everyone. On my one side, I have Colborn, who has been creating a new piece for the Zero One platform every day since its inception, I believe, and who has gone from making predominantly Photoshop work to using AI a lot. Colborn has developed a wealth of AI opinions and know-how that I've been just dying to squeeze out of him. And this was a perfect platform to do so. And that's because Julian and Frenetic, over the past few months, began collaborating on a new project, a stylistic departure for the both of them, an entire AI-generated universe of bizarre, half-human, half-animal hybrids, all manner of kooky and frankly unsettling characters, which you can see on the project's Instagram page, or if you're in Buenos Aires, maybe at an IRL exhibition. The project is CC Coco, spelled P-S-I-P-S-I-K-O-K-O, if you want to look for it. And I encourage you to, because it makes a lot of the comments Julian and Frenetic will make about the limitations of AI, the use of it as a tool versus as a collaborative partner, and how to extract expressiveness, let alone narrative from AI work, well, it'll all make a lot more sense. If you know Frenetic Void's work, you know that he's no stranger to the creation of bizarre monsters. It's like one of his MOs. Julian's work, however, doesn't generally venture into that terrain, but what you find in CC Coco then is both artists being represented and their styles married using AI as the glue. And that's just such a fascinating place to jump off from, and it's where we do indeed jump off from, into a really fascinating, multifaceted, and as I mentioned, quite chaotic conversation, which I will now uh, let speak for itself on this week's Mocha Live podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Mocha Live podcast. It is 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My name is Max Cohen. I will be one of your hosts today. Good Julian's little smile already. Um, joining me as a co-host on this episode of the Mocha Live podcast, my uh, trusty co-host is always, Colborn Bell, founder of the Museum of Crypto Art. How are you doing, Colborn? I am happy to be here and not at Basel. Yeah, so am I, and hopefully so are our two guests today. Um, these are two folks I enjoy very much, who I've gotten the pleasure to know over the last couple of years. Two incredible artists, both based in Buenos Aires, um, and that would be Mr. Julian Brangold and Frenetic Void. Um, Julian, Frenetic, uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys? All good here. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We are... Uh, if anyone's watching you can obviously tell there's four of us on the podcast today we have an absolute smattering of colors here in our various backgrounds uh so this might get a little chaotic so let's just jump right in so i've known you guys for some time um colborn you've known uh both of our lovely guests for quite a bit longer um we have pieces of both of yours in the genesis collection that would be frenetic super yo uh your genesis piece on super rare i believe and then julian fragmented iridescence um, we've all been in each other's orbits for quite a while, but I wanted to have you on to talk about this new project that you're working on and have been exhibiting um, that's 
and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of a departure for both of you, like collaboratively and also stylistically. And that would be Sai Sai Coco, um, a collection, if you can call it a collection of AI assisted outputs with all manner of like bizarre and horrifying. It's these somewhat adorable, somewhat human creatures, um, if you can even call them creatures, very surrealist, somewhat recognizable. But anyways, it's a really intricate and interesting project. And I always love to talk about AI on the show. So I'm hoping we can just get right into it. Um, Julian, maybe you can start us off. Will you tell me how you and Frenetic kind of came to create this horrifying project? <laughs> yeah. I, I I like I like to call it more a project than a um what was it you got a collection because it's a it's a lot of different things um, it's not just a series of digital images it's also you know performance art it's um, IRL exhibits um, it's installation it's you know web based work it's video it's like a really, uh, I would call it more of an art project in general. Um, but it, it started when I think the very first um, commercially available AI tool started coming out. Frenetic and I started playing around with creating these like horrible images that were horrible in part because the, the tools were so rudimentary um at the time so this was like the very very beginning of like dali and mid journey these tools were super new and they would come out with these um horrible outputs um so we started uh the first thing we did kind of like together i would say was create these uh stickers for whatsapp that were absolutely <laughs> disgusting and abject and the sticker yeah it was kind of a sticker battle so i would send one to him he would send one to me and we would like try to make each other laugh with these like horrible images as in the form of like whatsapp stickers and then frenetic actually started overimposing this like weird language that was very intuitive i would say and very like playful and just like make, having fun with what these characters would say like this weird words and weird way of like writing and and speaking um so that was the first thing we did together that that kind of like started this path that le led us into CC Coco. Um, CC Coco, okay. So I CC Coco, yeah, that's the that's already the mangled the pronunciation. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, and then I um, and then and then Frenetic actually um, reached out to me with an idea for an artwork he had that that kind of like it was about something that was happening at the time. Um, and he had this idea and he said, do you want to do this together? This this like one artwork, like this collaborative piece. And we just like hopped on Discord and started working together. That was like the second step. I don't know, Frenetic, if you want to say a bit about that. Well, I don't know. I, I, I was like, I, what, what, I, what the fuck was happening at that, that time? I remember. It was but, something, but, something shady but, with, something shady with. But, um... but I know, I know, I know, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like uh, whenever I I entered uh, Twitter or whatever, and a few times I I do like consume a lot of, of things that that are fun, uh, or ridiculous. And I ha I had this idea of uh, like a cow uh, putting like 
tons of uh, memes and shit in, back into its uh, his her its asshole. And I told Julian that I want I wanted to to make this idea, and he said, "Yeah, man, of course." <laughs> like, well, seriously. <laughs> and I yeah, was like, that was yes. <laughs> so you know, it's very interesting, right? Because you know, I'm familiar with both of your solo work, and when I think about yeah. the creation of these like horrific mangled monsters, frenetic, that's kind of like your wheelhouse. Um, yeah. at least as we know you from kind of the crypto art world, it's a lot of these monstrous yeah. creations, right? And maybe yeah. you can start us off with this question, but like, what is it like? And I want an answer from both of you, of course, but like, what is it like suddenly adding a creative partner to what has been, from my knowledge, a crypto art history of mostly producing solo work? Um, I mean, for, for me, it's not the first time because I, with game disease also, like I, I create, create like, was with Milton and Andaro, like uh, the trio created Genesis, and it, so I had like this experience that was uh, great. Uh, but yes, my first time creating with only one partner. Also, that's very different for uh, trios and two two persons because it's more like back and forth. And in a trio, there's like more feedback, and as there are three, there's always like uh, like. Perhaps it's easier to decide because it's always like two against one, you know, or, or inside. <laughs> so uh, it's easier. And, and and now it's like, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel we, we both were like in, in the same path. Uh, and we, he, he was like, um, Julia's work was also like going into this bizarre realm of memes and combining, uh, all this stuff and so yeah it was it was like an inspiration you know i thought of him like when i had this idea it was like yeah man, like all, all this shit should be should be interpreted by him too so uh so yeah that was when i reached out for me it is the first time that i do this kind of like bigger style project with someone and because of the way it kind of like started and then you know developed and then became a thing um, I feel like uh, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to uh, do a description of what you looked like before for the people only listening, and then you just like changed it. Uh, but yeah, now frenetic is a cow. For people listening, frenetic is a cow in a field right now eating grass. Whereas before he was kind of a, a two dimensional goat. Yeah. Yeah. And the background was kind of like split, and then you could see part of his hand. It was very weird. Um, which is uh, fitting for the subject. But yeah, um, so it kind of like developed, it, it started from a place of, of play and like having fun and really not, it wasn't like we had this drop or this exhibition and we said like, okay, now we have to like sit down and work together. Before we even thought about this as a project, we were already like playing around and trying to make each other laugh and, and making bizarre, things you know and, and and like spawning weird stuff just to have fun and to explore and to see where where it all could go so i feel like it was very natural like at at no point did i like say okay this is now a two people project a duo um so so yeah um it was very it was very natural that's what i can say i i don't i don't even feel like it's a thing i don't even think about it 
So I want to talk a lot about AI throughout this podcast because all three of you are kind of at this point, like prolific AI users. I mean, CC Coco for your works, Frenetic and Julian, but Colborn, I mean, I know when I look at like the outputs that you put out for zero one stuff, um, you've experimented a ton with AI after starting out with more like, I don't know, Photoshop graphics kind of stuff. So a lot of these questions, I'm going to kind of like round table them. Um, cause I'm curious, like all of your various opinions, but, um, I want to start off back to you, Julian, like, so, you know, for kind of for the first time you have this collaborative partner in this more kind of expansive setting. And when you, you add AI into that mix, right. And I've heard AI often spoken of as, as much a collaborator as it is a tool, like, did that grease the wheels, make that process of like collaborating a little bit easier to kind of have this output um, methodology that was going to create something kind of in the middle of both of your sensibilities, as opposed to, you know, having to make the choices frenetic, like you were saying. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very deliberate what we do. Um, we know what we're looking for once we, so, so after the, the collaborative artwork, we were on this trip together and with like a bunch of other people in this house and we started playing with mid journey to create the images that now are more like the proper CC Coco world, which is using the blend um, function of, of mid journey, uh, which basically takes two images and tr- two to five images actually, and tries to like create a synthesis of, of what the machine sees. Um, and if you subvert it a little bit and, and play around with what you feed it, it like goes crazy and does these like very horrible things. Um, so when we discovered that it was like right away, we started playing with it just to like, you know, turn ourselves into monsters and animals. And like we, as soon as we found out that this was a possibility, it was very, also very natural and like funny and fun to start playing with these, with these functions to create the, the most like horrible upsetting thing we could come up with um within the within the bounds of like mid journey's restriction like you know uh, censorship i don't know that it's i don't know that that i see the, the 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 ai as a collaborator i see it as a very effective tool um even we used uh for the exhibition for example we used a lot of uh photoshop and and, and it's um ai that that basically it's called gener- generative fill where you select an area and say what you want there and then an ai will like picture something there and and that made the process like so much easier to take what we were imagining to the image um so i feel like it makes it all very like instantaneous and fast and we can play around and like move things around but we really know what we are trying to achieve um and as the project developed, we began to become more and more selective and more like intentional and, and you know, kind of like everything became more specific and, 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 and the like vision of CC Coco started to become more clear. I don't know if Frenetic, if you agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, to, to, to add more things, like there was a, a really, yeah, natural process of trying to see ourselves also like in this kind of mirror of tra- like the the first funny blends were like were ourselves too you know like the, the one uh, you did with with your dog and <laughs> things like 
we started like we we, we we had a group with friends and started blending like every person that had like a mascot with their with their pet or their pets sorry with their pets and 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 like all these outputs were, were really funny and like that kind of playful thing that was from from the Megana stickers and, and and making like trying to identify ourselves in this uh, mirror we were creating like uh, was uh, very funny and so that's something that's that I really uh, appreciate uh, appreciate about this, this project that we ne we almost never lost the uh, the playful <laughs> the playful spirit you know uh, no and I say almost because uh, when when you're making an exhibition or something like that you you need also like you have certain restrictions you know there there there's like structure or whatever before that it was just chaos all the time uh, but uh, but it's it's also nice and good and it, it fits the project well it's interesting because I would never I, I mean your work frenetic is like I guess playful but there's such a, a a, a bitterness to a lot of the creations that you make and Colborn, I'm interested from your perspective because you've kind of like developed this whole artistic practice over the last couple of months as you're creating these various artworks for zero one every day. And I wonder, uh, rather I am wondering like, as you've become more, um, as you've gained expertise with these AI tools, how much has it felt like to you play versus entering something with a specific kind of output in mind versus just kind of seeing what the uh, various AI engines are going to spit out for you. It's, it's like entirely play. You, you have no real expectation and, and frankly, no even modicum of control. What is interesting to me is I can't even imagine the countless hours that somebody like frenetic spent in whatever it is blender or cinema 4d or whatever uh they create and then suddenly be able to kind of conjure images instantly uh and and it come from somewhere else so my whole thing right now is is how this technology is transforming us into radical abundance how uh you know <laughs> how like the camera created photography so that people didn't need to paint anymore, so that they had replications. And now we have just assets on demand and the ability to just produce, produce, produce. Um, and what that does to visual art uh, and, and how we can own and distribute at, at massive, massive scale. And everybody can begin to create. Let me add one more thing, sorry. Not to mention like having a resource like ChatGPT4 saying, you know, I want to know how to create glitch art in Photoshop like instantly an instruction manual, you know, I want to learn after effects instantly an instruction manual. Um, it's not like YouTube videos. It's not sitting there wasting your time. It's like perfect information. So, you know, when I am creating these things, I had no experience, no nothing, but yeah, I'm using AI and, and it's, it, it's. Fun. And you're forced fun. at a certain point to be as much of a tastemaker as you are an artist. So, and, and again, like I said, I'm going to ask this question to all of you guys in subtle, subtly different ways, but like Colborn, when you're discerning between outputs, right. From an AI, even if you're starting from a place of like, I know where this wants, where I want this to go. Like, how do you discern? So I never, I never know where I want 
it's a go, but I, I feel like I've done the taste making exercise in like curating and knowing what I, what I like to see. And I think it's what Claire Silver said, it's qualia. This is something totally different. It's something totally new. It's going to upend everything that came before it. And this idea that crypto art was based on scarcity, I think is about to be inverted. I really, again, I'm all about radical abundance and how this is just going to usher in whole new era of creativity for, for kind of the globe. Frenetic and Julian, I'm interested in that question too, from your sides, because your artistic practices to this point, I feel like have been a lot more about kind of honing in on single artworks and getting them to say exactly what you want them to say. And now you kind of have the CC Coco. And if you even go to the CC Coco Instagram page, and that's PSI, PSI, K-O-K-O, um, if you're looking it up at home, it's, it's, there's just so much, like you said, Colburn, the radical abundance, there's so much more of these outputs that are, you're being, that you're putting out there. So like frenetic, you know, I'm curious in your own, your own practice previous to CC Coco, when you were, you know, creating these monsters, right? Like, how did you know you had gotten to the point where you were finished with one of those? And is it a much different process now that you're using kind of this more collaborative process and ending it with this like AI generation, like that discernment that this is done and this is saying what I wanted to say. No, for, for me, it's, it's actually the same. I, I, I feel it like I have the same process. Uh, like I feel that it's the same process. Like uh, in the end, I, I like to create images, sometimes videos or, or whatever. Yeah. Imagery at the end. And it's like technology advances and there's quicker or easier or more fun ways to, to just express yourself. So, but in the end, I guess like in, perhaps in a couple of years, we just imagine things and things appear, you know, and, and you can show them. So I think that the valuable thing there is like the possibility of, of or, or the, the creativity behind, uh, uh, behind everything, you know, but, um, because it's yeah they're tools at the end and i just I, i'm very like non my work is kind of technical because there are very specific things and, and i like to I'm, I'm very like obsessive with you know uh, putting things into place and composition or whatever but like in in the end of my the way i interact with tools are it's very very like uh raw and playful and, and quick and just try to make something and and fail and just look to fail and try to break the tool and, and so I don't feel like anything has changed just, just this like more imagery faster so I, I want I want to produce more and faster and more images you know but uh, like personally in, in, in my line of work uh, it doesn't like I don't feel so so much change it's just like creating faster perhaps you know but that is a lot of change but uh I don't know, like uh, when I, and I, I always need to like feel in control of, of, of what I in the end want to show because uh, my work is uh, my narrative and I, and I like to think I control a bit of that. And so at least uh, that's where I decide, uh, okay, this is finished or, or not. It's just something you feel when, when you look at the piece or when you achieve you, what you wanted to, what you wanted to achieve, you know? So that's one of my favorites. That's the one that Julian put in his background. Julian's background is some kind of horrible four headed 
paperclip monster, uh, which is actually a pretty good encapsulation of the kinds of things that yeah. CC Kogo. It's as four, as four, you know, as four there. Yeah, it's that's a that's perfect true. representation of, of this group. <laughs> wow. Is there... I like your I like your descriptions, Max. Like how you describe the images you're seeing. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> it's all I'm good for. It looks like an elephant seal with like a middle-aged man's head. <laughs> Bald, so heinous. They're like trapped within a paperclip. Somehow. We're, we're, re we're reverse prompting. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with Frenetic. I think that these are tools. Uh, there's still tools. Even what he said of like thinking of something and having the image appear will be a tool as well. I feel like in the end, it's what I always kind of like saw art about, which is like the idea and the intention and what the, what story you want to say. And you guys have heard me say this a, a thousand times. You know, I, I feel that way about art. Like what matters is the story you're telling and and the, the fact that you have an interesting inner world or an interesting worldview that you can somehow show and then people can can be talked to um by that and then that's it uh that's what really matters so it is true that it makes it all very 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 different in terms of speed in terms of the, the amount of iterations that you can give an idea um which, which only for me makes it more fun and interesting and, and better uh, i'm also working with ai in my my personal work too and it's it's just it, it lets you play way faster than for example blender which is what i used to use and and maybe still some things are not quite there yet like video and stuff like that but it's still just you know having ideas having something to say and then and then using the right tool for that well let me hit you right back with another question because i i really like how you and like i have heard you talk about this a thousand times right the like artistry as the narrative and I think the thing that's really interesting to me about CC Coco is that to glean the narrative, you kind of have to see everything all together. You can't just see one of these pieces and get kind of the full brunt of what you guys are experimenting with. It's all of the different iterations of these horrible, you know, disfigured creatures. Um, and it's the various ways they can look horrifying, but also adorable and also unrecognizable while recognizable, right? You kind of have to see everything together. And I'm really interested in how AI is changing our conception of building a narrative through artistry, because I don't think it can be done just through a single piece anymore. You kind of need to show the through line, write the artistic intention through a number of different pieces, which you have chosen to do with CC Coco. Colborn, you spoke about Claire Silver earlier. I'm not sure if Claire Silver would kind of have this aura about her if there wasn't a clear through line through all of these different outputs that she had you know, created throughout the last um, couple of years or so, you kind of need to see the journey to get the sense of the artist. And so Julian, I'm curious, like working with a new like narrative, I guess, medium, right? Of having the narrative told through many, many pieces as opposed to a single one, maybe even an uncount or like an unknown amount of pieces. Like what has that been like versus trying to encapsulate it all in like within one frame yeah i i i always kind of worked in series anyway so <laughs> frenetic is changing shapes every couple of seconds it's really fun uh he's kind of like what do you call those animals a sloth a sloth in a forest in a rainforest 
Yeah, I like working in series and I like like telling a story that that expands further than just the one image or the one like experience. Even exhibitions for me are like part of a story or 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 even like a condensation of a longer story that was was brewing that had been brewing for a while. So I feel like it it just makes sense. Um it just gives you again like more power to make more iterations, expand on, on, on other like weird ideas. Like if you have an idea that you want to, um, that you want to try on a 3d software, it'll take you like a couple days or weeks to bring it to fruition. Whereas here you can just like blend or type or try something, train a model, whatever it is that you're doing. And then you can have a hundred images. And then from that, you take what works and you modify it and you put it through the machine again. And, um, I feel like it just makes this possibility of, t of, of creating universes and worlds more, more to the hand, like more, more instantaneous. Like for me, Sisikoko is a universe. Um, we like to think about this like parallel universe where these beings live. Um, and so how do you create a universe? Well, you depict it in like different ways and then you invite people into this universe. And the way we did that is like, we, for example, in the IRL exhibit we had here in Buenos Aires, we created this like outside perspective and inside perspective. So we had this like huge mural that that showed this very big scene full of characters, and it was this kind of like meadow or or garden. Um, and then in another part of the exhibit, you had this room that was kind of the inside of one of these houses where where these characters live and all this was just made so much you know richer by the amount of tests and tries and things we could do with ai and and the the speed like if we just needed like the legs for a character we just like you know select an area and say like just fill it with with the pants and also because this project is a lot about like glitch glitchy error or weird weird looking stuff and and not perfect photorealistic like super super realistic depictions it, it like fits perfectly like the state of the tool now which is kind of like still in development um works really well for this project so it just made it all like bigger and you know more fun yeah frenetic would you agree with that because i i mean i think in your work there is a very clear through line to begin with like it's it's interesting looking at cc coco versus your own work because the i don't i don't know the the through line of your work is very um well demonstrated right and the evolution of the creatures that you create and i you know i've written about how you've used like water right and set your um various creations in these kinds of like center stages amidst these like endless kind of oceanic um worlds like when it comes to creating a whole universe, you know, you kind of have some experience with that. Um, was it easier to do so with AI? Was it like, did it open up new possibilities for the kinds of three lines that you were able to tell? Uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, um, but I think, uh, I mean, CC Coco has its, its some complexity too, like, because the narrative itself and like the characters and what they're doing and how they're depicted. And then, well, the exhibition was, well, and the piece that we exhibited in the exhibition and everything like was done with very raw and kind of uh, this feeling that there's no, 
so much control about like uh, having the things neat or I, I don't know how to, how to express it so well, but, but it's, it's the opposite. Like we, we really looked for that aesthetic and that, uh, uh, that kind of, uh, yeah, finish, you know? And so, uh, I think that's like, there was a lot, a lot of complexity and a lot of work, uh, and a lot of time put in, in into the, into the, into looking for the aesthetic itself. Although the aesthetic seems like very like, uh, perhaps sloppy or what, or, or, or whatever it's, it's not that. And so, and so I think that the creation of, of the universe has like the same, uh, kind of, uh, uh, thoughts, process and work behind, but it's just like looking for a different, you know, uh, different, it's a different angle and a different, uh, different narrative, a different message, different. So it's, it's very fun because yeah, I, I I'm perhaps, uh, in, in my personal work, more used to like uh, trying to make things or very ugly or, or very beautiful and like uh, this kind of uh, composition or balance that's, but I think that CC Coco has it too. Like, uh, and so it's, it's, it's only different. So I think that the, the, the tools of themselves, well, now I'm working in my personal work. I'm, I'm, I'm working with AI too, a lot. Uh, uh, training my my models and and with with my stuff and work and so trying to control that as much as as possible and 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 looking for for very specific outcomes you know but uh, I think that perhaps uh, what CC Coco uh, permitted uh, in this stage of 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 our personal works I think that Julian was in a similar state was to experience with the tool like in a very very playful way. I, I insist with, with this word because it really was, uh, like, like that, you know? So uh, perhaps in my own personal narrative or, or line of work, I, I like have a lot of, have a lot of years of baggage of, 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 of something specific or, or, or I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of changing styles or whatever, because I do that a lot. And I, I, I very, I very, I tend to evolve into different realms, but there's something that ties everything together, you know? Uh, and so Tsisikoko was like a, an explosion of new stuff and, and new possibilities and, and, and new narratives and things that really, I felt, uh, let loose a lot of stuff, right? Like, uh, and so that was very interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I just keep laughing because of Frenetic's avatar, um, and just hearing hearing the avatar be so like serious about this this point, yeah. and it's like this sloth with this tiny mouth in the middle. Um, anyway, yeah, I I completely had the same thing happen to me. I was in the process of trying to incorporate more humor and more freshness and fun into my work, and then this this project kind of like was perfect for that to play and experiment and not be afraid of like, okay, is this going to fit this like grander uh, story or storyline? It was just like this place of pure fun and, and, and laughing and having, having a good time. But at the same time, it's a, it's a quite a serious art project. This exhibition was like four months in the making, um, huge, huge space, like six by six by three meter mural whole like living room it was like a big art project and it 
and there was a lot of attention to detail. We worked with Lulu and and Jose, and it was it was a lot of work and a lot of like very deliberate decisions and 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 quite like conscious vision. But at the same time, it was all like having fun and and playing and, and laughing. I have yet to be um, at like an IRL exhibition of AI work. And I'm curious, like, what was it like exhibiting the CC, like CC Coco itself? And did you two find different cultural reactions to this work that is like very kind of blatantly AI as opposed to your individual works otherwise? Like you guys both have the same like devious smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, I think there, but, but in, in overall, there were very good critics, I think like very, or very good, like reception to it. Right, but you can go more into details. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of like uncertain what would happen because this whole world has its own like language, and everything that we communicated was in this weird language that sounded kind of like silly and 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 not very serious. And the images clearly just like you don't say like okay, serious art project when you see these images firsthand, and then. It's kind of like so strange, the whole like world we created that we were uncertain about wh whether people would like let themselves enjoy it. And in the end they did, and it was incredible. And we got, people were ready to just have fun and, and enjoy themselves. And at no point in this exhibit, there was this idea that it was an AI art exhibit. Um, and I think that's kind of important because it's, it's the same as digital art for me. Like, I think we both, like Frenetic and I, we both saw it as, as digital pieces and how we bring this into the physical world. Um, I don't think that the fact that these images were created with AI really had any impact in that. It was just the same as, like, Frenetic had his solo exhibit, uh, Sereno, a, a few months back. And, and I, feel, I feel like the for him, it was kind of like a similar thing where it was not it was not even digital art that was like being brought into IRL spaces. It was just like this universe of 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 aesthetics and expressiveness and how do I create an experience that conveys what I wanna the story I want to tell. Um and there were like most of the exhibit or or the for me like the most I'm now I'm talking about frenetics exhibit. Like the the, the thing that was the strongest like moment for me was this whole like space he created um, with a with like a, a sort of simulation that you could you, you could use kind of like a video game, and uh, the whole space was so well like put together, and and the whole experience was was so like in the detail and 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 curated and like thought that you didn't even think like ah oh, okay this is digital art that then someone brought into the space. This was just like using digital tools and then a lot of physical objects and, and, and devices and stuff. It was just this like whole experience. Um, I don't think that maybe the, 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 because it was two floors and then you had the, the lower floor where there was this whole like thing, this installation. And then on the top floor, he had more of his like, um, what we could call like traditional work displayed on, on huge screens. And, and the whole space was like very well, you know, thought too, but, but the lower part was kind of like the installation, like the physical more like, where the body was really asked to engage. Um, and I feel like if you just saw the bottom part, you wouldn't say like, okay, this is a digital artist that, you know, is doing a IRL exhibit. It was just like, this is an artist creating this experience and that's it. Um, and I feel like that's very important 
not to define ourselves as AI artists or digital artists even. We're just like people that create experiences and want to, you know, tell stories and, and have people engage with them. And Colburn, do you think that as AI is incorporated more as a tool within broader artistic practices, as opposed to being, again, like the defining feature of somebody's practice, that it will be easier to like more broadly conceptualize AI as just another art making tool, as opposed to like Julian was saying, like this encapsulative, like a, you are an AI artist because you use AI. Whereas I don't think people would call like, I don't know, Clara Volstadt, a, a 3D artist. It would be an artist that uses 3D tools. I think what Julian said second was more important. It's just about, I think everybody moves towards creating experience, right? I think AI goes just beyond arts. Obviously it, it goes into all mundane, mundane tasks of labor of automation. Uh, it renders more free time unto humanity of which people will be looking for experiences. There'll be a return to the physical, to the connection, uh, ideally. Right. So who are going to be kind of the, the crafters of this magic of these spaces of like the avant-garde, the new, what gets people excited? Uh, and it is definitely going to be the people that aren't doing it by scratch, but are, are using technology that assists them in building these worlds. Colburn, what limitations to AI have you stumbled upon so far in your your zero one kind of admittedly like playfully? fucking around goalless practice so, so i mean look my my i am here for like the trash art i'm here for i'm not here for the perfect right that's i don't get off on like the the perfect spheres in blender or the super sharp lines you know i want the noise i want the glitch i need those imperfections in there and i think that's what ai does very well but that's also where ai is going to get some critiques uh you know but just as julian and frenetic were looking for the places where the AI broke down and, and, you know, ways to get it to kind of trip upon itself. That's what's interesting, you know, not like the perfect logic systems, but what actually breaks them and, and where you can kind of find the humanity inside the machine. Frenetic, can you be, I'd love for you to expand on what Colborn just suggested. Like where were those points at which the machine broke down for you? Like, where were the limitations, right? The edges of AI where you realized you couldn't go any further, if at all? Well, at first when I started using the, like, the more commercial, uh, you know, like Midjourney or Nelly or whatever, <clears throat> I, you you can't even, like, process a nipple. So, like, it's it's very, it's, it's strange, you know? Like, it's just, it's, it's I want to blend a nipple, I can blend it. It's, it's ridiculous, you know? So uh, then I started like obsessed trying to uh, outsmart like the AI and, and try to get them like to make me uh, like kind of porn images or, or like just display things that they wouldn't. Uh, but I failed. Uh, <laughs> and, and so it was like, okay, I just need like something uncensored. Uh, I was too lazy. I, I didn't have like too much time in that moment. I was just playing around. Uh, and then, yeah, like a couple of months ago, I, I well, I finished some projects and, and everything. And so I said, okay, now, now's the time. And then I started to, uh, yeah, downloading uh, like stable diffusion to my comp computer and sensor, and then creating my, my own doors and, uh, you know, whatever, like to, like to prove that 
like to see what what the fuck you you know can you make like trying to combine whatever you know and not having like this these limitations and so yeah there is like a kind of a first barrier that you get like if you use these tools that are like very yeah i don't know how to say it gated or whatever or you know that like they have like a, this price point and you can blend shit on, on it and whatever but they're cool because i use them also but yeah like now it's a whole different level when like when you can when like it's it's, it's more you know you feel that, that you have more openness i really i really hate like the limits of censoring images or, or whatever yeah because like they're, they're they're like it's not that i'm trying to, to it's not that i focus on on that you know but but yes uh, uh it started like censoring things that, that didn't have anything to do with with something that you couldn't see you know and it was like this is not working so well so that was like the first limit with with this tool but yeah it was easily solved and so now uh you know there are great things out there uh, that require perhaps a bit more of investigation a bit more of information uh, i was lucky that i know uh, with julian uh, a guy here that he's a great artist and also uh, person that knows a lot that's called Tomas Garcia and so we reached out to him uh, to you know to hang out and, and to uh, to you know exchange and share information and he he really you know opened to us a lot of, of new stuff and and so that's 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 really that's really cool that's now what we are doing nowadays yeah just to add a little bit more to that it's also true that these tools, the, the more commercial tools, which are the tools that eventually people are going to use the most because stable diffusion, even what, what Easy is, is mentioning in the chat, uh, this diff 1111, these tools are kind of like technically a bit complex for the general audience. So Dolly and, and Midjourney are the ones that people are going to end up using the most, I think, and because they're first and they have the biggest like trained models and stuff. Um, so these tools are always kind of like very homogenizing in their outputs. Like if you just give a very simple uh, prompt, like a woman sitting in a cafe looking out the window, it will give you like a super, like a supermodel, beautiful blonde white woman sitting on this like beautiful cafe, and the whole like lighting is very cinematic, and and this like you know, very like homogenous, boring aesthetic. And then you can see it in a lot of like the crypto art scene where yes, there's a, generic. Yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of like mid journey aesthetic out there and you can already tell like, okay, this is, this was done with this tool. This was done with Dali and it's just very boring. And it's, it, it makes, you know, the aesthetic world be more homogenous and boring. And But that's, that happens with every tool, right? Because yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I remember like when 3D was like, with, I don't know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, like, or, or more like 10 years ago, like when, uh, or, or eight years ago, like Cinema 4D and like the texture packages and materials or whatever. And like, they were all creating like in the same world, you know, like they were all using the same assets or they were all using like the same, uh, same stuff. And, and it was like very standard. That, yeah. That's not nothing like, it's not bad you know it's it's just something you know it's just like if you use similar materials and use it like in the same way not not trying to copy also but just like you know like taking heavy inspiration or just like 
just using the same tools, perhaps not so creatively, like can lead you to the same result. And that's not nothing bad. It's just like, it's all in the same world or narrative, or perhaps, you know, there's not much new things there aside from technical, perhaps things. So and things are happening. No, things are happening. That's happening again now a lot, you know, I, I, I missed the kind of 3d explosion, which I believe was mid 2021. Coldy described it once to me as like 3d bouncing balls. It was just, it was like Colburn, what you were saying, like these like really precise, um, really like exact spheres. And that was like the, the visual language of the day. Um, Julian, do you think, and maybe we can wrap up on this question, but like, do you think that the continued acceptance is the wrong word but the continued legitimacy within like an artistic community like crypto art of ai tools will depend on people you know like you and frenetic pushing at the limits of these things and like going deep in the trenches with the individual models and pushing back against the homogenizing influence of a mid-journey dolly you know standard uh, uncustomizable models yeah 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 i i think so um I'm gonna sound like a broken record here, but you know, for me, art is about breaking shit, trying shit that, that hasn't been done before, doing weird stuff, touching the the sensitive boundaries, um, and just like weirding it out and breaking stuff. And like Kobe was saying, like he likes this kind of the places where things are not perfect and, and are, are not the way they're supposed to be. So. As long as people still want to do that and still want to use technology as a way to 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 see the places where things go wrong and to explore the places where things are dangerous and weird and funny and and uh, and make you uncomfortable, then I think that it's going to be all a okay. But at the same time, I think that it's going to be this flood of like very similar looking things like there's this trend or was this trend now so long ago of like, I don't know, like fifties and sixties photography with these very clean renders from mid journey. And, and I see like the whole space is, is completely flooded with that. Um, which makes it also like whoever has an interesting story to tell or like a weird project that doesn't look like everything else stand out, which I think is not a bad thing at all. Um, I don't know if you guys agree or frenetic what you, what you think. Mm, I don't know like stand out perhaps in a long time when people like start to realize, but when, when you're like in the moment, the one would, that would stand out is the one, <laughs> I don't know that the markets, his stuff or her stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, I, I, but yeah, like in, in, uh, I don't know if the history of things or the global picture of, of, you know, people that are looking for things that are different, perhaps. You know, I think about um, I think about impressionism as I do often because I don't have a basis in too much art history, but impressionism a little bit. And pre-impressionism, pre, and, and I'm sure art historians can correct me um, and will correct me, but most of the like accepted art establishment in Europe was interested in like classical style paintings. And it was like, how close can we get to a perfect rendering of the human form in various positions, poses, et cetera. And the market was just, you know, the market at the time was just flooded with variations on one in integral idea, which is like, how real can we get? How much can we honor this like classical style? And then the impressionist, coup de gras was like 
just finding an entirely different avenue for what they were interested in painting. It was just, it was different um, subject matter and it was different style. Um, I have no idea what that looks like in AI, but it seems to me that for there to be an awareness of the boundaries that need to be pushed, there also needs to be an absolute glut of very similar looking, very unexciting, very like by the book artistry within these same kind of fields of subject matter and style so that people can know how to break shit. Yeah, or just get bored of it and just say like, okay, enough of this, like enough of, of whoever is the best um, rep, rep, like a replicator of reality then gets, you know, the awards and the praise, etc. And then it's like, what else? Like, let's do something different. People just get bored and, and saturated with this one way of doing things or this one way of appreciating what's good and what's, what is not good. Yeah, enough of, enough of that. And uh, and how about enough of us for the evening? I feel like we've had a really wonderful conversation. Pretty good segue, right? Um, that was, that was I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this. Um, <laughs> this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate like all three of your insights and everything. Um, Julian Frenetic, uh, why don't you guys take, you know, a couple moments apiece and tell us where we can find CC Coco stuff, where we can find your own work, what you've got going on. Um, Julian, want to start us off? What should people know? Sure. Yeah, I would encourage everyone to go follow CC Coco on Instagram. It's P-S-I-P-S-I-K-O-K-O, P-S-I-P-S-I-K-O-K-O. Um, that's the main uh, channel for, for like daily output and, and what we're working on currently. And then, yeah, we're on Twitter. We have a website, cccoco.com. Uh, no, you said it. CC Coco, I'm not going to, to tell my my own my own twitter <laughs> no yeah yeah we should then follow us uh julian brangold and frenetic void that's frenetic with a k v o d uh, sorry v o i d cool yeah go check out some cc coco stuff and get absolutely disgusted um in the best <laughs> possible way you. uh colborn any last thoughts for us before we log off no all right um uh, a man who said his piece um well, thank you everyone for joining us on another episode of the Mocha Live podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation today or any of our other conversations, you should give us a five-star rating, a follow, a subscribe, a like, whatever your local podcast platform allows you to give us. You should give us a follow on Substack at museumofcrypto.substack.com. We'll be back here with another Mocha podcast real soon. Uh, Julian, Frenetic, Colborn, thank you all so much for being here. And we'll see you all again real soon sometime. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Max Cohen. I want to extend a huge thanks to Julian Brangold and Frenetic Void for being our guest this week, as well as to Colborn Bell for being my trusty co-host as always. Another big thanks to Julian Brangold for composing the Mocha Live intro music and to Dayfox for composing our cold open theme. We really appreciate you being here with us. So a big thanks to all of you for listening, and we'll see you real soon on another Mocha podcast.